Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Psalm 85, and we'll be reading one verse, verse 6. Psalm 85, verse 6. This is referring to Israel, of course, and their need, but we know that we also have needs, and we need revival just as they needed revival. And it says this, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Let's pray. Father, we ask today that you would give enablement to bring this message. I know, Lord, that revival is something that comes from you. And we ask that you would send revival to our individual lives and to our church. Lord, we need a fresh moving of the Holy Spirit in our midst, that you would change our lives, make us more like you want us to be. And Lord, I pray that we'd be more effective for you in this area, that we'd see souls saved, that we'd be instrumental that we'd be instruments of yours, Lord, as, you, as we share the gospel with other people. Help us to live holy lives. And help us, Lord, to be prepared for the meeting that's coming. And I pray that it'll be more than just a meeting. I pray that the result will be revival. So we pray to that end today. Bless this message and use it for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Revival is often talked about, scheduled for, as we have done, desired, preached about, as I'm going to do this morning, and even claimed sometimes. But revival is seldom seen. The pastor and deacons cannot give it. The evangelist cannot bring it with him. And the best music available cannot work it up. Revival comes from God, and only he can give it. That's why the psalmist cried, as we read in our text, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? And Habakkuk prayed it like this. He said, O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of years. So again this year, we've scheduled a revival meeting, which starts next Sunday. Will we experience revival? Will there be a change in our lives and in our church? Because God has done a work in our hearts? Well, we hope so. We don't know for sure, but we hope so. We pray that that will happen. And we'll work to that end. But we will never see revival if we do not realize that we need revival. You can pray about revival, and, but unless we realize that we actually need revival, uh, we will not see it. Physically, if you begin to have symptoms of sickness... Let's say you have a severe illness, you know that something's wrong, uh, you have aches and pains and weakness and a loss of your balance and, and a loss of weight and a fever, you would probably go to the doctor because you knew there was a problem. Because you realized you were sick and you believed the doctor might be help, help you, you would go to the doctor. Now, we've already stated that revival comes from God, and we will never go to God for revival. We'll never go to the great physician, the doctor, to, for revival unless we know we need it. And so we need to know that we need revival. We must realize that that is a need. So as we think about revival this morning, I want us to think of God as the only one who can help us. He's the only one that can send revival. He is our spiritual doctor. 
He's the great physician. And we want to know three things from the Lord. And that is, Lord, what's our problem? Lord, what's the prescription? And Lord, what's the prognosis? What can we expect to happen? Well, first of all, let's consider the problem. When we say revival is needed, that means there is a problem. We need to be changed by God. We need to be corrected by God. And we cannot fix it ourselves, so we cry out to God, uh, Revive us, O Lord. O Lord, send a revival. Now, the problem might be some of these that we're going to mention this morning in our lives, and it probably is. I think most problems, spiritual problems, can be classified in these in these. Uh, ways that we're going to do it this morning. First of all, we need revival when there's, a lo- when there's been a loss of our love. A Christian has a love life. We're to love uh, certain, we're to love the Lord and we're lo- love certain things in the Christian life. And when we've lost our love for the Savior, there's truly need for revival. We all realize, and but sometimes we need to be reminded of the fact that without Him, we would be lost in sin. So we sometimes look at the world out there and see their lives are all messed up and we don't and we fail to say but for the grace of God I would be the same way. I've been fortunate in my life that I've been spared a lot of problems because I had a great background, a good family, and I was directed the right way and I trusted the Lord and and the Lord has directed me and spared me from a lot of the problems. But I often look at people who are going through all kinds of problems and realize that they probably didn't have the background that I have, maybe didn't have the the opportunities that I have, and I say, but for the grace of God, I would be the same way. There's nothing in me any better than anybody else, and I would have the tendencies to go down those roads they went down if it wasn't for the Lord. And so we need to remind ourselves, without the Lord, we would all be lost in sin. Without Him, we would be without hope. There would be no hope at all in the future, and uh, we wouldn't have anything that we could count on. We could just uh, have a hope so, like the world has, but we'd not have any Bible hope. Without him, we would be separated from God, and we would be enemies of God. There would be a great gulf between us and the Lord. There'd be no communion with God. Without him, we'd be on the road to hell. Instead of on the road to heaven, we'd be on the road to hell. Do we remember that, that God has saved us from all of that? that God has changed us, and we're not that way anymore. We're not on the road to hell. We're on the road to heaven. We're children of God. We're not children of the devil. We need to remind ourselves of of that. We need to remember what it was like when God saved us. Do you remember when you got saved? I can remember when I got saved. I can remember for years, you know, uh, pretending to be saved and for some time thinking I was saved, but then when I realized I wasn't, and all the fears that went along with that, I mean, I would be afraid to go to sleep at night because I might not wake up, and if I didn't wake up, then I would go to hell. I remember those thoughts. I remember the time sitting in Dr. Lawler's class, and he was talking about the test that we were going to have after Christmas, and the men said, Dr. Lawler, if the Lord comes before before Christmas breaks over, we won't have to take your test. And they laughed, and I laughed, but not down inside. Down inside, I thought, I sure hope he doesn't come because I'm not ready. But I can remember the day I got saved and the joy that flooded my heart and the peace, and I wasn't worried about that anymore because the Lord had saved me 
and forgiven me, and I was on the road to heaven. I wasn't on the road to hell. And we need to remember that. And we need to fall in love with the Lord again because all he's done for us. Luke chapter 10, verse 27 says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. Love for God is evidenced by the fact that we obey him. You know, persons can say, I really love the Lord, but if you don't obey the Lord, then your actions speak contrary to what you're saying. The Lord says it like this in John 14, verse 15, If ye love me, keep my commandments. 1 John 5, verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. Loving God is drawing close to him. As James says, chapter 4, verse 8, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. But often in our Christian life, we sort of drift away from our love for the Lord. And it's not like we was when we got saved. We're not so on fire for the Lord, and we don't love him like we should do, like we should. And if that's true of us, and I'm sure it's true, then we need revival. We need God to speak to our hearts and move in our hearts and draw us closer to him and fall in love again with the Lord. So we, lost, we lose our love for revival. When we lose our love for uh, the Lord, then we need revival. We also lose our love for the Scripture. Psalm 119, verse 97 says, Oh, how love I thy law. A Christian who's where they should be should love the Word of God. They should love to hear the Word of God preached. They should love to read the Word of God. They should love to study the Word of God. They should want to know what God says in His Word. And if you go a day without the word of God, there's something missing because you, you, you should love the Lord, the, the scripture, if you know the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 113, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Psalm 1, verse 2 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. We love the Lord's word. We love the scripture. And if we can go days without God's word, if we can go days without reading his word and consulting him or getting encouragement from him, then we are in need of revival. We're also in need of revival when, we, when we've lost our love for supplication. The Bible mentions uh, several times, 33 times in the Bible, the word supplication is used to refer to prayer. And so when we lose our love for prayer, that's talking to God. I mean, you who are married know how important, how important it is to talk to one another. And uh, many people have trouble because in their marriage because they do not communicate. And I've heard it from many that, uh, that say, well, they just won't talk to me. <laughs> and I've had some ladies tell me that, that they just wish that her husband would, husband would just sit down and, and talk to them. In fact, I've heard that from my wife, and I imagine some of you have as well. We get so busy. What, what does that say? That means communication is necessary. And when we lose our love for supplication, we lose our love for prayer and praying to God and talking to Him, then we're in need of revival. Psalm 30, verse 8 says, I cried unto thee, O Lord, and to the Lord I made my supplication. God wants us to pray. He tells us to pray. First Thessalonians says, chapter 5, verse 17, without ceasing. That means all the time. God's all the time thinking about us, and he wants us to all the time be thinking about him. 
And so as we go along our, our, our life, we just, we mention, we talk to the Lord. We, uh, last night, I had to carry something down in the basement. And uh, no, it was this morning. And my wife had already left. And uh, every time I start to go down in the basement, I think about a friend of mine who died because he fell down the basement steps. And uh, so I was carrying this box, and I decided to go down backwards two steps and set the box down in front of me, two steps, set the box down in front of me. And uh, I tripped on one of those steps. How in the world I did it, I don't know. I almost fail, fell, but I didn't. And I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> so often I say, thank you, Lord, because I know that I need him for everything. And we should just be talking to the Lord all the time. We're, doing, we're planning something. Be talking to the Lord. You don't have to stop and, and kneel down and pray. You can just pray. The Lord hears your mind, and the Lord wants you to talk to him, communicate him with him. But if we've lost our love for talking to Jesus, then we're in need of revival. Also, we're in need of our revival if we've lost our love for saints. The saints are God's people. We are God's saints. Many people don't go to church anymore, even though they claim to be Christians, because they've lost their love for the saints. They'd rather be out there doing the things in the world and their friend, uh, worldly friends than to assemble in God's house and be with the saints, and they really don't love the saints as they should. If, you, if a person gets to that position, they're surely in need of revival if they're truly saved. And so a saved person should have a, have a relationship with the saints, and that should be a relationship of love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. 1 John 3, verse 14, We know that we've passed from death into life because we love the brethren. John 13, verse 35, By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. We are to love each other. And if we've gotten to the place where we don't love our brothers and sisters in Christ, now, that means some brothers and sisters in Christ might not uh, be exactly like you. <laughs> and maybe they don't act like you. And maybe there's some of their ways that sort of irritate you. But that doesn't matter. You love them anyway. Do you know God loves you even though you irritate him? <laughs> he does. And every one of you, including myself, irritates the Lord sometimes. And the Lord still loves us. And he says, we're to love one another. So let's love one another. And if we've lost our love for the saints, we need revival. If we've lost our love for souls, we need revival. The Bible says that we should be like Jesus. And the scripture says that Jesus, uh, the Son of Man, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That passage comes right after Zacchaeus, the story of Zacchaeus. And the Lord says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus, the tax collector, and the Lord was seeking to save him. Acts chapter 1, verse 18, And you shall be witnesses, uh, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. So we're to be witnessing, telling people about Jesus. How long has it been since you told somebody about the Lord Jesus? How long has it been since you had a desire in your heart about a particular person that you wanted them to know about Jesus and you were willing to witness to them? Maybe it was just saying, really, I, I, I have a track here and I'd really like for you to read it because I'm concerned about you. Or just tell them, have I ever told you about when I got saved? And tell them the gospel. 
If you've lost a love for sharing the gospel with other people, then you're in need of revival. Romans chapter 10, verse 1, Paul said it like this, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Do we have a heart's desire and prayer to God for people that they might be saved? If we have lost love for other people to be saved, then we need revival. Many times Christians become, come to the place where they're just uh, satisfied to come to church, satisfied to be among God's people, and uh, don't care anything about else about any others. And uh, that's bad. I had a person one time in West Virginia... I was talking to him about coming to church. And he said, I might come to your church because I like smaller churches, not those great big ones. And I thought about that. If that's the way you are, you know, that's the way I want it. It's me and a few more, and that's good enough for me. I don't want any more. That's really contrary to the scriptures. (laughs) It's okay to be a small church. It's okay to be a part of a small church. But for you to have a desire for it to stay that way and nobody else come, there's a problem. Jesus came so that he could die for the sins of the whole world. And he wants us to have a heart like him. The Lord's heart was to seek and to save those which were lost, and we need to have a heart that's that way as well. And if we don't, if we have lost our love for souls, then we are in need of revival. So one of the things about Uh, showing that we have a need for revival is losing our our love. Another thing is when we've lost our loathing of sin. When we've lost our loathing of sin. Psalm 97 verse 10 says, Ye that love the Lord hate evil. (laughs) That's pretty black and white, isn't it? If you love the Lord, you hate evil. Have we gotten so in this world that we just accept things that we used not accept? We just say, well, it's their own opinion. That's okay, you know. No, the Lord says there's certain things that are right and there's certain things that are wrong, and that doesn't change. And the Lord says a a Christian, if they're right with the Lord, they will have a loathing of sin. Proverbs 8, verse 13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Romans 12, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Don't be like the world. We should hate evil. Colossians chapter 3 tells us some things about that, that uh, we should mortify, put to death, and cast off those bad things in our life. The Bible says in in Colossians 3 verse 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, we should hate that. Not accept it and say, oh, it's all right, you know. No, it's not all right. It's never been all right, and it won't ever be all right. Mortify, therefore, your members upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence or desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. And then he says in in verse 8, but now ye also put off all these things. Here's some of the things we're to put off that we're not to have anything to do with. Put off these things, anger, wrath, Malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your life, out of your mouth. No Christian should be telling filthy things, filthy jokes, or anything like that. No filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, 
seeing that you have put off the old man and his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but, but Christ is all and in all. And so the Lord tells us to put off these things. We're in Christ, and so we should have a loathing for sin. We should have a loathing. So if we've gotten to the place where, oh, we've sort of let down our guard and uh, we're let, accepting things we didn't used to accept, that's what the world wants you to do. They want you to accept the things that the Bible says are wrong. The Bible says woe unto, woe unto a person when it gets to the place they call good evil and evil good. And so we need to have a loathing of sin. And if we've lost that, we need a revival. Also, if we've lost our longing for spiritual blessings, longing for spiritual blessings. I've categorized some of these, and I gave them on your notes. A longing for the character of Christ, to be like him. Romans chapter 13, verse 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus and make not provision for the flesh. The passage we read in Colossians, in verse 12, it says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, that's like Jesus. And so we want to be like Jesus, and we have a longing to be like Jesus, a longing for his character. It says, as, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. So, perfectness. And so love, or charity, put on love. So the Lord says, be like Jesus Christ. The Bible says that one day we will be like him. It doth not yet appear, First John 3, what well, we shall be. But we know that when we shall see him, we shall be like him, we, for we shall see him as he is. We will be like Jesus. And so until that time, we're to be a progressively becoming more like Jesus Christ. So if there's a sin that easily besets you, maybe it's anger, maybe it's wrath or unforgiving spirit or envy or any of those kind of things or evil thoughts, we should put those off and we should desire to be like Jesus and we need to have a longing for the character of Christ. We also need to have a longing for the control of Christ. That is, Christ would control us so that we do what he wants us to do. He's not our, co our co-pilot. You know, many times people have those signs on the car, uh, uh, Jesus is my co-pilot. No, he's not our co-pilot. He's our pilot. He's our master. He's our Lord. He calls the shots. He tells us what to do. He tells us what not to do. And we're to be controlled by him. First, John, First Corinthians chapter 9, uh, Paul said this, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. He disciplined his body. He said no to sin and yes to God. Ephesians chapter 6, as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, doing what God wants us to do. So God's calling all the, 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 the things in our life to tell us the way we should live, and it's his will, and we want to do his will, and we want to serve him. Are you serving the Lord? Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, 
For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God is to work in us, to make us willing to do what he wants us to do, and then give us the ability, the power to do what he wants us to do. God's working in us. So if God is working in us as his Holy Spirit indwells us, the question is, are we yielding to the Lord? Are we letting him do what he wants to do in our life? And if we've taken control of our life and, let, and, and taken the control away from the Lord, then we sure are in need of revival. <clears throat> so if you lose the longing for the control of Christ. You remember uh, Paul said this in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things we need to do, we can do it through Christ who strengthens me. We should not only long to be what he wants us to be, but we should also do what he wants us to do. And so God wants us to be in control, and he wants us to yield to his control. So if, you're, if you've lost that longing for the control of Christ, then you need revival. If we've long, lost the longing for the coming of Christ, I mean, you can get so satisfied with all your life down here. You know, it's such a blessing. We've got all these children, we've got grandkids, and, and the Lord's given us a, a home to live in. We have friends, we have church, and it's, it, every, the life has been so good. And the Lord says, it's nothing compared to what I have in store for you. And I don't want you to ever lose that longing to be with Christ. Be willing to leave everything and go be with him. I'll guarantee it's going to be better. So we need to have a longing for the coming of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says, and, and the people there were, wait for the son, his son from heaven. They were waiting for Jesus. Are we waiting for Jesus? Or are we saying, Lord, don't come yet. I've got a lot of things I want to accomplish. Well, if we feel that way, that's not right because the Lord wants us to long for his return. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse, says, verse 8 says, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for people. And it says this, unto all those who love his appearing. If you love the appearing of the Lord, you can earn that crown just by loving the appearing of the Lord. I've told this before, but I have an evangelist friend in West Virginia. He's with the Lord now. And his name was Carl Johnson, Evangelist Carl Johnson. And anybody that knew Carl would say this. He sure looked forward to the coming of Jesus. He preached about it. He wrote a book that thick about on, on things to come, Bible prophecy. And uh, he sang about it. He talked about it. Of course, he's with the Lord now. But he longed for the coming of the Lord. We all need to have more belonging. I know I do need to have more of a longing for the coming of the Lord. 1 John 3 again says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, and we should long for his appearing, because we know that finally we will be like Jesus, have a longing for the Lord's coming. If we're not longing for the coming of Christ, we are in need of revival. So the problem that we might have is this. We have lost our love, our love for the Lord, our love for the scriptures, our love for the saints, our love for souls, and those things. We've lost our loathing of sin, and we've lost our longing for spiritual blessings. And if we're in that, in that condition, and I'm sure all of us are in some way, we need revival. 
So if we go to Dr. Jesus, the great physician, and we say, Lord, here's my symptoms, and I need revival, and only you can send it, then the question is, well, what's the Lord's prescription? You know, you go to a doctor, and he'll write you a prescription. He can't heal you. He can't make you well. But here's his route to make you well or help you through this, and he writes you a prescription. What's the Lord's prescription? We're sick, in a sense, as Christians. We need to be revived, revived, made alive again, a new vibrancy for the Lord. Uh, We have these symptoms of, of decline. What do we need? And the Lord says, I'll give you the prescription. And it's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. If you'll turn there, you all know this passage, I'm sure. But it says this, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's the Lord's prescription. And the prescription there is threefold, we might say. First of all, a humble heart. You'll never receive revival from the Lord if you say, oh, I'm a staunch Christian and I don't need any change. I wouldn't dare come forward in a church service. What would people think? It doesn't matter what people think. What matters is what God thinks. And you have to be humble before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm willing for you to do something in my life. I'm willing for you to change me so that I'm uncomfortable, really, and because I've never really been this way before. And I want you to revive me, Lord, and make me that vibrant Christian. Lord, revive me. The Lord says, all right, it starts with a humble heart. If my people which are called by my, my, my name shall humble themselves. Pride says, I'm all right. Pride says, I'm better than most. Pride says, I'm doing all that I intend to do, or I'm coming to church as much as I plan to come, and I'm, going to, I'm, I'm giving all that I intend to give, and I think it's all right, so I don't need any, any instruction. I don't need any reviving. I'm doing just fine. Pride says, leave me alone. I'm as close to God as I want to be, and that's the problem sometimes. We're as close to God as we want to be. And the Lord says, no, you need revival, and I want you to humble yourselves and come to me. The humble heart says, like Psalm 51 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 139 said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked ways in me, and lead me that right way, Lord. Lead me down that right path. Search my heart. That's the humble heart. And then also it takes a hungry heart. And pray and seek my face. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. We know revival comes from the Lord. He's the only one who can give it. Brother Mike Pelletier can't bring it. I can't bring it. We can't bring you somebody in that's really good at music, you know, and just stir people up and, and that'll bring revival. No, it won't. Revival comes from God and only God. And so we have to have a hungry heart, and we have to pray and seek his face. When we're hungry for God's face, we will see our true condition and desire for him to change us. And that's what we need, a hungry heart. Philippians chapter 3 says, if that, Paul, Paul said, let me read it. It's the passage that says, talks about him apprehending what he was apprehended for. 
and Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not as though I'd already attained. This is the Apostle Paul. He's not what all he should be yet. Now, I'd say if you set Paul up here and put any of us next to him, we'd feel pretty insignificant, as great a man as he was. You were all this scripture that we have, or much of the scripture that we have in the New Testament. The greatest missionary that probably already ever lived. And Paul, and Paul said this, not that I, as though I'd already attained, or either already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that means lay hold on, if I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. The Lord saved you for a purpose. He saved me for a purpose. And my desire is to, should be to lay hold on what God laid hold on me for. To just apprehend what he apprehended me for. And he says in verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so Paul wanted to know what God wanted to. He had a hungry heart for the Lord. And we need to have a humble heart and a hungry heart. And then Second Chronicles also says this, we need to have an honest heart. And that is, turn from their wicked ways. Now, I don't know your wicked ways. I really don't care to know. Uh, I'm one that do, does not probe. You might have figured that out so far. If you tell me something's going on, you tell me so much, I don't usually say, well, why or which... <laughs> I don't probe very often. And I let you tell me what you want me to tell me. And sometimes a person will come to me and says, well, why, did they, why are they going? I don't know. I didn't ask. If they wanted me to know, they'd have told me. <laughs> but I'll tell you, somebody knows, and that's the Lord. He knows everything about us. So what are your wicked ways? You know what they are. You know if you have a problem saying things you shouldn't say. You know if you have a problem of controlling your temper. You know you have a problem of lashing out at your husband or wife when you should not do that. You know if you have a problem of pornography. You know if you have a problem of, a, of an evil mind. You know all those things, and God does too. And God says, if you want revival, then you have to come with an honest heart, and you turn from your wicked ways. Now that's going to involve at least three things. That's going to involve confession, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Does that mean to say the same thing about the sin that God says about? God says it's sin, and we say to the Lord, Lord, you're right, it's wrong, it's sin. I confess it to you and ask you to forgive me. And so we have to confess our sins. Then we have to convert a Christian can convert. You know, we converted when we trusted the Lord as our Savior, but there's sometimes the Lord uses the word convert for Christians. And uh, James chapter 5, 19 and 20 is one example of that. Convert just means turn. You know, we're going down this route, and the Lord reveals to us this sin, and we confess it to him. We say, Lord, you're right. Please forgive me of that sin. And then we turn. We turn away from that sin. And so in order to respond correctly to God revealing sin in our life, we need to have an honest heart, we need to confess it, we need to convert, turn around, and we need to be conformed to the Lord's image. Romans 12, we preached on that not long ago. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Recognize the sin, confess it to God, 
turn from it, turn around, turn away from it, and then let the Lord conform you to what he wants you to be by the renewing of your mind. So that's God's prescription. So the great physician, we've come to him and said, Lord, we have these problems, we need revival. And the Lord says, here's what you need to do. Now then we say, Lord, what's the prognosis? How's it going to turn out? If I follow your prescription, if I do what you say, what's the prognosis? And I think the Lord's response would be, well, the prognosis is you came to me with problems, and the prognosis is I'll fix the problem. (laughs) I'll just fix the problem. And so if we come to the Lord honestly, and we really mean what we say, then we'll come to the Lord. And our problem, remember, is we've lost our love for him and and the scripture and saints and souls and all of that. We've lost our, our loathing of sin, and we've lost our longing for spiritual, for spiritual blessings. And so the Lord's uh, uh, prognosis is, if we'll do what he tells us to do, then God will increase our love for him. He'll draw, we draw close to God, and he'll draw close to us. He'll become more beautiful to us. He'll become more valuable to us. He'll come more de- desirable to, for, uh, to us. And we'll want to be what the Lord wants us to be, and we'll love him more than we've ever loved him before. If revival takes place in our congregation, one of the first things will be noticed is that people really love Jesus. They really love Jesus. And then another thing will be, the Lord will not only increase our love for the Savior, the scriptures, and for prayer time, and for the saints, and for souls, and all of that, The Lord will take care of that, and he'll make those things right. That's what will happen if revival comes. Another thing, God will increase our loathing for sin. He'll make us so that we don't want anything to do with it. If you've had a problem with a certain thing, when the revival comes, you'll say, I don't even want anything to do with that. It's like I've talked to some people, you know, have struggled with the habit of smoking, and they finally get, uh, get victory over that. And I know it's a very tough thing. I've never done it, but I've been around people who tried to quit. I mean, they were in misery, and I know it's tough. But I've known people who conquered that. The Lord helped them conquer it, and they got to the place, oh, they couldn't even stand to smell it. They couldn't stand to be around it. And wonder, How in the world did I do that? That's the way revival is. It will give us a loathing for sin. We don't want anything to do with it. We don't want it in our life anymore. We don't want that to have any part in our life. We want to get rid of it. And then God will also increase our longing for spiritual blessing. We long to be like Jesus and his image be made in us. We conform to his image. We long for him to control our life and direct our paths and do everything and to follow him to do all that he wants us to do. And we long for his coming. And we will say like the, the John said in Revelation, even so, come Lord Jesus. We'll long for his coming. And then a couple other things. God will increase our joy. Our text verse in Psalm 85, 6 ends, ends this way, thy people, that thy people may rejoice in thee. One thing that's true of a revived church is they're a happy church. Now, we have a pretty happy church. I'm very pleased with that because the people seem to enjoy one another, enjoy being here. But I'll tell you, when revival comes, God will increase that. And he'll give you joy beyond compare. He'll give us happiness. 
And then the final thing is it will bring glory to him. God will be glorified. Ephesians 3, 21 says, Unto him be glory in the church. Unto him be glory in the church. That's really the desire, should be our desire of all of this for revival, and that is that God would be glorified. Is God glorified by this church sitting here on this road? Is Is he glorified by this church? He should be. This church should have a reputation of people who love Jesus and people who are interested in souls and people who, who talk about the Bible and, and people you can know they're praying people. And w- this church should have a, that reputation that it's all about Jesus and it'll bring glory to him. I've seen it and I'm sure you have too. You've seen churches that go through all kinds of trouble and splits and all of that and they're the talk of the town. And people think, if that's Christianity, I don't want any part of it. A revived church should bring glory to God, and I pray that we will. May God revive us. Lord, send revival. Send it soon. Send it through us, to us, and help us, Lord, to honor you in all that we do. May Sugar Run Valley Baptist Church experience true revival in the days ahead. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for reminding us what needs to be in our life. Lord, we know we fall short on a lot of these things. We're not all that we should be. And I pray that you would send revival. Start it here, Lord. Start it in me. And then, start, then Lord, work in all, all of our people's lives. And I know that if that happens, the res- one of the results will be people will get saved. And Lord, we long for that, and we ask for that. Send us revival, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.